Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And before we jump in today's episode on deaf cats, today we're going to be talking about living with a deaf cat. But before we do that, I want to thank two really important manufacturers of amazing cat products. First, Vitacraft USA. They are the awesome folks that sent cases and cases of their Lick and Lap product. And what that is, is it's like a little tube of baby food, but better, that squeezes up. And we use those in many, many ways. I use them in training behavior cats in shelters. I use them in training on my cats at home because it's easy to dispense a treat. You just hold onto the tube, squeeze a little bit, comes out, cat licks it. So it's really great if you're clicker training your cats or trying to positively reinforce something, which we'll talk about later in the show today. But then I also use it as an appetite stimulant for some of the older cats that aren't eating. And, uh, and it's great for that, too. You can use it as a meal topper. It's just it's a wonderful deliverable. And that particular brand, Vitacraft Lick and Lap, is just seems to be universally delicious from all cats. And then I'm excited to say that in the future, we're going to have a, a show, a podcast interviewing the president of Because. The name of the company is Because Animals. And she is just doing some amazing work. And one of the things I want to highlight and talk about, they make a superfood and probiotic supplement for cats. And it really helps with their coat and their digestive systems. And it's got all kinds of great stuff in it. It's got probiotics and turmeric and cranberry and pumpkin and seaweed and just all kinds of things. It's got seven different kinds of algaes. It's a, it is an amazing product and it, and it tastes good. It's not like cats don't eat it when you put it on their food and it's very affordable. So watch for that coming to the Behavior Boutique and in a future podcast um, because animals, um, amazing stuff they're doing. They are so environmentally conscious they even their packaging is a hundred percent compostable plastic bag. They are doing some research in in farming um, alternative proteins, alternative to meat proteins, which are showing some really good promise. So you might be able to have a a vegetarian cat out there someday. So anyway, I just want to say. I really, really appreciated those two manufacturers this week for helping us out. So we'll move on to talking about living with a deaf cat. And I am joined today by my handsome co-host, Dewey. Hi, Dewey. Hi, beautiful love. And hello to all of those great cat fans out there in the great big cat world. And if you don't believe it's a cow, cat's world, then... Take a look at your cat for a minute and ask them the question, is this your world or mine? And see what <laughs> kind of look you get. <laughs> and speaking of that, I have our foster, uh, Mango Chutney is the name of our foster cat. And he's a kitten. He's about four months old. 
and he is in my recording room with me. So you might hear little bells tinkling in the background and occasionally you might hear me go <gasps> and have to jump up and uh, get something that he's about to uh, knock off that's breakable. So um, you might get to meet Mr. Mango Chutney today. <laughs> but okay. he's not deaf. So let's talk about deaf cats. Yes, and I understand this all got started by an email from a listener, Alina, who uses who who's asking us, is there anyone you can discuss a little more on deaf cats? How can I communicate with my deaf cat? How is a deaf cat's behavior different due to it being deaf? My cat purrs a lot, is very vocal, extremely affectionate, and wonder if it's due to to it being deaf? That's a good question. This is an interesting topic I can see right off the bat, which is amazing. Good questions. Let's let's take this one at a time, starting with her first question, Molly. This this really makes a lot of sense, and it's a good, amazing question. Thank you for sending that in. How can she communicate with her deaf cat? Yeah, this is a good question because deaf cats you know, just like us, when we lose one of our senses, the other senses strengthen. So they are, you know, very visual. Um, Cats still put off a lot of body language that, you you know, that, that they communicate with, but they're also paying more attention to your body language. So making increased eye contact with that cat is very important. So if your cat is one that doesn't look at you, you want to try to get it to to make eye contact with you so that it has you have its attention now and um, and you replace those voice commands with hand signals or sign language. And uh, and we do that through classical conditioning. So you're pairing the visual for instance at feeding time. So I, you know, I always say, you know, clicker training a deaf cat is, is great, except obviously you don't use a clicker because it can't hear an auditory marker. It has to see an auditory marker. So every time a cat does a behavior, like um, let's say it, it looks you in the eye and you want to promote that with the cat, then do a hand signal. If you want to use ASL, the American Sign Language um, sign for clapping, then you hold your hands straight up and wiggle your fingers, and you could do that. That means good, and then give the cat a treat. So as you continue to pair the hand signals with the behavior you want to see more of, followed immediately with a treat, then the cat will get used to when you do that hand signal, then it will do the behavior and expect to get a treat. And then eventually it will do it without the treat because it becomes habit. So I'd say you want to replace hand signals. I like to use uh, with, you know, when I clicker train, I use hand signals a lot because um, I I think the cats need to learn the visual signals as well as the, the auditory cues. So I point my finger to the floor and cats will come running and put, touch their nose to my finger. That becomes come. I point straight back like um, perpendicular to the floor, straight back over their heads for sit. And then I, uh, and you can be doing all this with clicker training. And I believe we've done a podcast on clicker training, so I won't go in depth here on 
how to click or train your cat. But if you want to click or train your cat, email me and I will be happy to send you my handout. Uh, you can email me. It's very easy. Molly at cattalkradio.com. So That's good hands, and easy. <laughs> yeah. And hand signals are the are the best thing because obviously they can't hear you, but they still can see you. So you need to take advantage of that visual communication. So next part of that question or next question, how is a deaf cat's behavior different due to being deaf? Well, it again, it develops their other senses. So when it can't hear, it's going to be able to smell better. It's going to be able to see better. It'll be able to feel things better. So it's also more sensitive to change than perhaps a, a cat that's not deaf, a hearing cat. It um, is going to startle easily, more easily than than perhaps a hearing cat. If it, you know, sees something, doesn't doesn't hear somebody coming, and and sees it suddenly, it, it's going to startle. Um, you know, they still have a hunting instinct, so you know that that behavior is still there. But but they probably can't help but feel handicapped. So you need to offer lots of prey play with a deaf cat to help reduce any anxiety they might be feeling over that, that handicap. Good, good. And um, another question uh, that she asked was, my cat purrs a lot. It's very vocal, extremely affectionate, and wonder if it's due to this being deaf. Well, uh, of course, that could describe any cat purring a lot and being uh, very vocal and affectionate. But, you know, not sure it's related to being a deaf cat, but it, it definitely, the deaf cats probably rely on you more to interpret the world around them. You know, the other thing you got to wonder is how old was the cat when it went deaf? You know, some cats are, are deaf at birth. Some, you know, gradually lose their hearing, but at a young age, and then otherwise it can be a senior cat. And depending on the answer to that, just just like with people, that's going to affect how well it understands sound and the source of sound. You know, we had a cat in the uh, in the Santa Fe shelter. We were actually clicker training a cat next to it. And um, this was a deaf cat, a, a young, about six-month-old, all-black deaf cat. It was a stray, and um, they actually had it slated to be a barn cat, which I wasn't wasn't sure how that was going to work, but it worked out. It worked out perfectly fine. And he would vocalize. We were videotaping our our trainings, our clicker trainings, and oh my gosh, you could hear this cat. In the background, just on and on and on, he would vocalize all the time. And aging cats do it because as as cats, just like with people, as cats get older, they, you know, they lose their sense of hearing. And when a cat goes deaf like that, then it vocalizes louder because it can't hear itself. And then some breeds are more genetically predisposed to deafness. You know, there are mostly the blue-eyed white cats are, are tend to have uh, deafness or hard of hearing than some level of, of deafness than um, other color combinations. Now, that's interesting. I wonder if that has something to do with uh, its breeding type. Don't know. I, I think it's, it's just that genetic 
um, those genetic markers that, that fall in place when you've got a solid white blue-eyed cat, oftentimes it's hearing impaired. So don't know why that is. Wow. And the cat gods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, speaking of deaf cats, I would imagine you have to make sure that they stay out of trouble and potential dangers. You kind of got to watch over them a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, they have less awareness of dangers because they can't, you know, they can't hear you yelling. They can't hear you, you know, trying to get their attention. Most importantly, you need to have a disaster escape plan. And we do have a podcast on that. We did a a whole podcast during uh, tornado and hurricane and flood season, I think, um, earlier this year on a disaster plan for your cats and uh, all your pets, really. So you might listen to that podcast. That'll give you some great instruction on on planning for that. But mostly in this case, it's about getting your cat's attention to let him know there's danger. So even if they're deaf, though, they can still feel vibrations. So try stomping on the floor to get their attention. But when you do this, you know, this is going to startle them. So you need to do this when you first start that. Pair it with a treat. So, you know, stomp on the floor, not super hard, but light. And when they turn around to see you, toss them a treat. And then continue that. Do that repeatedly so that they'll begin to associate the foot stomping vibrations with something good. Again, it's back to that classical conditioning, pairing that behavior, hello, look at me, pay attention, turn around when you feel the vibrations of the floor with a good thing so that it's not frightened of it and it begins to learn that its response to that is something going to produce something good. They're also going to need, you know, a lot more reassurances you know, lots of petting, lots of brushing, lots of touch, you know, but don't sneak up on your cat from behind when they're sleeping and start petting it. Make sure that it's aware that you're there. You could just, you know, cats are very sensitive to smell. And one of the things that they do, I I notice this in shelters all the time, they learn us by the way that our breath smells. So if you've ever walked up to a kennel, and you volunteers know this, you may not have noticed, but you walk up to a kennel and you start talking to the cat, your breath is filling that kennel space and you'll see its nose start going like a little bunny nose. It's smelling, smelling, smelling. And it's always going to associate that scent with you. So same thing too with your cat. They tell us apart by, by how our breath smells. So you could just very lightly blow, not a hard blow, but just a on their face so that they know you're standing there to wake them up gently and then start petting once they see you and it's not going to, you know, not going to startle them. The other thing is you you always want to keep a deaf cat indoors. You can't control what happens to it when it's outside. It can't hear cars coming. It can't hear dogs approaching. It's, it's going to be handicapped in a way to be more vulnerable as prey to something. So if you have a deaf cat, it really needs to be an, an indoor only cat. Yeah, I can imagine that. Thinking, think, just thinking about that, I think that's almost obvious. But I, I was going to tell you that I researched and found out that there's a National Deaf Awareness Week that falls in September 20th through the 26th this year. Didn't realize mm-hmm. that was there. Yeah, the National Deaf Pet Awareness Week is late in September, and uh, and that's a good time to if you've got a deaf cat. Uh, feature it on Facebook and and let people know. A lot of times people 
you know, people hesitate to adopt a special needs cat. Um, you know, they're like, well, I don't know if I can deal with that. And it's just going to be more than I can handle. And, you know, what if something else develops? And, and they get they get afraid to adopt a special needs cat. So that's a really good opportunity to highlight your deaf cat or pet or dog or whatever you have. And, um, and let people know what life is like living with that pet to encourage them maybe to take that leap as well. Wow, sure didn't know that that was out there and good for them and glad that we've created a t- separate time for them. Okay, and what about blind cats? Is it similar for them? Well, it's it's different. I mean, it's similar in that it's a a sense that is that is impaired, but it's it's totally different. You know, if you you have to be very careful when you when you live with a blind cat and sensitive to moving furniture around because they get, you know, they have these wonderful built-in whiskers. And those whiskers, by the way, have have blood vessels and nerve endings in them. They're not just hair. So they do feel things and they feel, you know, slight movements in the air. They feel like when an object occupies a space, the air moves around it differently. So they can amazingly tell where furniture is located. Now, if you go and move that stuff, it's not to say that they're not going to run into something. And then that begins to make them feel very insecure about their environment because all of a sudden it's become you know, un- unpredictable, and they feel vulnerable. So, you know, be careful on moving things around. Things need to be very, very consistent for them. You also need to, you know, with a blind cat, you need to pay more attention to your talking to them and and vocalizing so they know when you're in the room and they know where you are and also with a blind cat you need to offer up more prey play you know they really are handicapped for hunting but they still have a hunting instinct and they still benefit from prey play so by all means prey play with your blind cat daily and they and you might think well that's stupid how am i going to dangle a a mouse in front of it and it knows that it's there. They do. You might have to come a little closer so they get the idea it's prey play time, drag it on the floor so they can hear it. You might get the, uh, we just added the wand toys on our on our site. I'm very excited about because these are the best wand toys in the world and they're hard to get. They have crinkle paper, they have feathers and crinkle paper in the end. And that's wonderful for a blind cat because end of cat both is the blind cat can hear it that crinkle whooshing sound and a, and a, and a, uh, and a deaf cat, I'm sorry, blind cat can feel it, feel the feathers and the deaf cat. Oh man. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Go check out those wand toys. You're getting them at they're, deaf, they're blind. Awesome. Uh, and then there's a combination of the two. Deaf is blind. Oh my gosh. Also clicker training. If you've got a blind cat, you know, that's amazing. We had, I mean, yes, we had, uh, we have a blind cat in the Jackson Galaxy Cat Positive Pro this semester, and we have two deaf cats in uh, Cat Positive Pro. So, you know, again, with the deaf, con- deaf cats, we started out with eye contact. So usually when we start training um, our shelters how to, how to click or train, we start with capturing, which is rewarding the cat for doing a behavior that comes naturally so in this case we wait for the cat to make eye contact and then we do the hand signal and then we give them the treat just like i was explaining earlier 
And that's how we start them off so that they they begin to understand what the clicker training process is all about. And and then we move to other behaviors, you know, sit and that. And they, they've caught on great. Our, our two deaf cats in the program have done just awesome this year. But you never, most importantly, if you have a special needs cat, a blind or deaf cat, you never want to startle it by approaching it from behind. You don't want to ever make your presence or yourself associated with something scary or unpredictable so use that use that stomping technique that i talked about to to announce your your presence and i hope that helped oh no that makes a lot of sense because you think about you know they have those pads on their feet like elephants can read the vibrations you know that are coming uh, that makes a lot of sense. That's really a good tip, I think. If you can, f- you know, maybe figure out some sort of stomping pattern, like an, uh, like you know, Morse code to your cat. You know, two means come here, one means this. You know, three means that. You know, something that makes a lot of sense. I like that. Mm-hmm. You can take that a lot of different directions. I know. That's a that's a good thought because you could do that just as easily. You know, with the hand signals, you could make that stomping vibrational signal. So you're right. If the cat comes to you, one stomp. When the cat sits, two stomps. So yeah. you can make that that stomping vibrational a uh, a signal as easily as as hand signals. That's a good idea. Sounds Look like a at dance. You. One stomp, two stomp, three stomp, go. One stomp, two stomp, three stomp, go. <laughs> One stomp. Two. Your Oklahoma's <laughs> coming out, honey. <laughs> Here we go. You get down the fiddle and you get down the bow. You kick off your shoes and you throw them on the floor and play with your cat. <laughs> no, that's flow. You gotta throw them on flow, the flow. Flow. Okay. <laughs> flow and play with the cat. All right. What a great episode. It's always fun to do these because I know there's people out there listening and getting a great benefit from all of these podcasts. So we encourage you to listen to some of our other podcasts. We have other podcasts like Fostering for You and Fostering Shy Cats. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on because this is something that we will consistently do because it's Molly's passion to make sure that we keep cats out of shelters because it's never a good thing when they're in there too long and that's her desire so send us ideas like elena did here for this one email those ideas to molly m-o-l-l-y at cattalkradio.com also help us out on following cat behavior solutions on instagram go to instagram if you're sitting around doing nothing run to instagram and like us out there like the cat behavior solutions slash cat talk radio page on facebook and be sure and share it with all of those people that you know and we thank you thank you thank you another way you can help us is to obviously to shop on our on our store online because i I carry some products and there I keep the prices very, very reasonable. And you make a tax deductible donation to Cat Behavior Solutions and I'll send you that product. You can find that at the website catbehaviorsolutions.org and the shop is called The Behavior Boutique. And we offer free shipping for orders over $49. So go buy your cats some, some cool new stuff. I also started a, a new section in my blog with all this extra time I've had on my hands with the... Uh, the quarantine virus shut in as I'm here in my bunker. I'm blogging, bunker blogging. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, bunker <laughs> and, uh, blog. I've done a, uh, 
a couple new ones. I, I've taken a lot of your emails and turned those into Dear Molly blogs, and I answer some of your questions. So if you've emailed me a question and you haven't heard from me, go check my blog, and that answer might be there. I might have forgotten to reply to you and with the blog link. And if you have a question, uh, email it to me. Again, just molly at cattalkradio.com or molly at catbehaviorsolutions.org. Either way. And if you've learned something from one of our podcasts or blogs, please consider sending us a tip or a gratuity donation. Any amount really helps to keep the show on the air. It's not free for us to do these podcasts. So it would be great, you know, if you got something out of this, donate $5, $10, $25, anything you can afford. We would appreciate the tip. Pretend like you're in a restaurant and I'm that tarot card reader and you come over and you go, I got a question about my cat and I answer it and then you tip me. It's like that. So do that. That would be awesome. (laughs) That will help us keep coming to you and keeping cats out of the shelters because, you know, it's not just my passion. Cats are not just my passion, although they are my favorite animal. But shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. And as long as that is the sad reality, we will be here educating you on how to better take care of your cat so that if your cat finds itself homeless someday, it will be able to find a home quicker and hopefully you will not ever have to rehome your cat. But we are here for you for that. So until next time, cat fans, keep calm and purr on. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. For products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com.